0: My daughter called me and she says, do you remember that time that you were on the couch for three days and you couldn't move? She said, was that MS episode? And I said, I pretty much think so. I can look back to when I was a teenager and believe that I was having episodes. Everyone has a story to tell and we invite you to join us for the Multiple Sclerosis Diagnosis Journey podcast and listen to these unique stories. Greetings and welcome to the MS Diagnosis Journey podcast. I'm your host, Laura Kolaskowski. and with me today is Diane Bly. I'm happy to have you here, Diane. Welcome. Thank you. So we want to talk a little bit about your diagnosis and how you came to find out that you have multiple sclerosis. So what was it that was physically wrong with you that began you on this journey? Initially, I started having problems with my eye. and at that point in time, I was driving school bus. That's that's another story. Anyway, I was having problems with my eye. And it's like, okay, well, I need to go to the eye doctor and have this checked. I thought I was getting glaucoma or not. The one where you, you lose your sight really fast. Maybe glaucoma is like not. Macular degeneration, perhaps. Yeah. And so I went to the eye doctor. He was really great. He ran me through these tests. And he says, nope, you're going to the specialist and went to the eye specialist. He diagnosed me with optic neuritis and sent me to a neurologist who did all these fancy tests, you know, all the spinal tap and the MRIs and all that good stuff. And they said, you have MS. So from start to finish, how long would you say it took you from that first episode of not being able to see out of your eye or poor vision out of your eye? to actually hearing the words that you have multiple sclerosis it was relatively fast which it was it was in September that I went to the eye doctor and by school break at Christmas time I was on medication so it's what September to December yeah well for people listening to this I will tell you Diane's experience of getting a diagnosis that fast really is unusual because oftentimes it will take you three to six months to even get an appointment with a neurologist to to begin the testing Then there's the flip side of that where I had I believe I had very strong indications of having MS and doctors just overlooked it as you know happens quite often but it was just undiagnosed. So you think before your episode of optic neuritis, you perhaps have been in a doctor's office complaining about something, or not complaining, but presenting symptoms um, that Absolutely. would have been known as MS. Absolutely. I can I can pinpoint certain episodes in my past where that happened. Even my daughter asked me about it after I read a, a great book and that's I would I would pull her name, but, you know, I don't want that permission. Yeah. Anyway, uh, my daughter read the book and she called me and she says, do you remember that time that you were on the couch for three days and you couldn't move? She said, was that MS episode? And I said, I pretty much think so. And that was in 1996. Oh, so you really are talking that you did a look back for not, not just a year or two, but a couple decades. I can look back to when I was a teenager and believe that I was having episodes. Can you tell me what that maybe looked like as a teenager? Because pediatric MS is a whole different area that we really don't understand a whole lot about yet. I can distinctly remember not being able to walk. I was on crutches. I had my knee in a brace, keeping it straight while I was walking. Doctor said, we can't find anything wrong with you, but we could certainly do surgery. Sorry, I laugh at that because if they can't find anything wrong, what are they going to operate on? My knee. Yeah, but I mean, that now later on, fast forward 40 plus years, and I had trigger thumb. The ortho was going to do, he said, two cortisone shots and then surgery. Well, I said, is this nerve damage because I have MS? So I went to my neurologist and had my second nerve conduction test on the same hand. It's nerve damage. It's the MS. Doc says you have problems with your Wi-Fi. <laughs> but I believe that that when I was a teenager the episodes with my knee was it's the same feeling. Yes, yeah, so what year then were you officially diagnosed? 2015. 2015. So you went really from the 1990s for a couple decades without getting true answers of what was wrong. Right. The, the migraines, the, the weird symptoms, the the body parts feeling numb and tingly, and then that goes away and everything's normal again. Yeah. So when you went to the doctor with some of these things, did you feel like they took your symptoms seriously or were you kind of dismissed like, oh, it's just Diane again? Uh, they, they just dismissed. That is... Uh, I really hate to hear that, so I'm sorry that uh, you know your concerns weren't no, validated next, yes, over the that's, time. That's yeah. What, that's, yeah, I'm glad that it came out eventually, but it's like wow. <laughs> yeah. So what did what did you think? Was getting the diagnosis of MS a surprise to you? You know, given that, you know, of course, you know, I was had I had optic neuritis and a full full bore, and you know, I was pretty well home and dealing with that. While also going through the other, the pre, the the diagnosis, the MRIs, the spinal taps, and you know, trying to digest that, I have a sister-in-law that has MS, and she was diagnosed in the late '80s. So when I'm looking up optic neuritis and causes on the internet, Doctor Google, <laughs> the two things that came down to were MS. And things like uh, brain cancer and tumors, because I've had migraines for years, bad migraines. Anyway, so the MS diagnosis was a relief compared to some of the other things. Yep. And I hear that a lot. So people say, oh, gee, I thought maybe I had a tumor or was brain cancer or something even worse right. than that. Exactly. And in the scheme of things, MS isn't so bad after all, perhaps. When you talk to other people, and I know you're probably active in the community in different ways. If you think about it, what would you tell someone who is experiencing symptoms that they suspect is MS and that they're on their own journey for this diagnosis? That's a tough question. Because for me, I'm still learning. I'm still learning what my body's doing to me. And knowing that sometimes when I com- tell a doctor, they're like, well, it's the, it's your neurologist issue because you have MS. And then sometimes when I tell the neurologist, they're like, no, that's a primary care thing. So there's still some of that that goes on. And maybe I just don't know. I had a really good visit yesterday with my neurologist's assistant. And she listens. She's so awesome. Yeah. I went through some years where we didn't have insurance. So, you know, when you don't have insurance, you might not go to the medical care and push things as much. If you have insurance and you have the capability, of course, that's not the case with the United States now. If, you know, insurance is more readily available to everyone. But, oh, and I hear you loud and clear that sometimes you, you need to really grab onto what you think is wrong and be able to present it to the doctors over and over and over until you find the right person to listen to you and take it seriously. Write it it down. Write it down. When I first, and I've gotten really bad about this, when I was first diagnosed and up until about the last year, year and a half, I was keeping a journal. I call it my RX journal. Because when I went on the medicine, I wanted to track if I was getting sick from the medicine or anything like that. Right. Well, also in that journal, I wrote down what was happening with my body. If I'm having a crap day, I wanted to say the S word, but (laughs) (laughs) that's okay. We we can say whatever we want to because this is our story and our podcast. Well, when I'm having one of those kind of days where, you know, things are just shitty, body parts don't work or whatever, then I put it in the journal. It's sometimes helpful to see that up and down cycle of what's going on. Of course, for everybody, it's different. Yeah. Well, for people who are listening to the podcast, I'm Laura Koloskowski, and I've been talking to Diane Bly about her diagnosis journey. And I think her best takeaway advice here would perhaps be keep track of your symptoms, write things down so you remember what's happening, track your own ups and downs with uh, your symptoms. And be prepared to share that with your medical team as you move forward on your own diagnosis journey. And make a note before you go to the doctor. I always take a note with me. Sometimes it's as small as a sticky note, sometimes it's a half a sheet of paper or more, because that helps to stay focused when you're in the doctor's office.